I like to meet um, requests and uh, to take requests seriously. And if Augusto wants a song, I feel the need to give him a song. Not here for long. We'll soon be leaving this old world of sin and woe. Up above the clouds we'll go. Not here for long. We'll soon be leaving this old world of sin and woe. There is a purpose to that, <laughs> and that's this, that in the goodness of God, um, he's brought us into an understanding of the true gospel, uh, which is not about escape, not about getting out of here, but about being representatives of the most high God, actually impacting rather than escaping. That's the gospel, not that I grew up under. I grew up under the gospel that if only we could get out of here. Jesus is coming soon and let's not worry about here. Let's, let's get out of it and let's go walk on streets of gold. Uh, that was not accurate. Um, good people, faithful people, that was the revelation they had. And God only holds people to the level of the revelation. But in the goodness of God, we're coming to an understanding of something quite different. And that is about uh, the impact and the uh, responsibility and the empowering to be representative of God in the earth. And that's a thrilling privilege and carries uh, a particular uh, weight of responsibility. And last week, um, we, we spoke about uh, some of the the hindrances still worked through that and uh, moved on uh, towards I'm just looking where's Peter oh hiding right in front of me <laughs> um, just uh, uh, beginning to think I, I did actually say to you last week I, I think uh, we're moving into the next phase very interestingly um, during the meeting, uh, Jane came and shared uh, a um, prophetic picture. And I said, hmm, that's interesting. Did you hear what I just said about, I feel there's a, a, a change, there's an, an emphasis coming. And she brought the very thing around the scripture that I had already written down. And then... Um, I met with Peter this week, who got God been working in him and, and sharing some things, and it's the same thing, a sense of um, moving forward into the, into the prescribed purpose of God for us. So I've asked Peter to come and share that with us to start off with, um, and then uh, Jane will come and we'll hear uh, that picture which she's kindly held over from, from last week, and then we'll see how we go from there. So thank you, Peter. Right. <laughs> Hello. So I, yeah, I feel like God's been really speaking to me about um, the church in general, um, in particular the direction for this new broad place season. Um, since Clear Sound, that was clearly a focus of what we were looking at over that weekend, and me and Jen were really praying into this. Uh, we didn't feel like it was something that we could sit back and just watch happen or wait to happen, wait to wash over us, but it was actually something that we need to pray into, something that we need to seek God and really see what, he's, um, what, what he has for us in it, because it's a promise, and we need to see what, what the land looks like that we're moving into. Um, and as we're praying, we both felt that there were three phases or three points um, that God wanted to highlight to us, uh, in particular in the areas we were to pray into. Um, the first was an awakening. This is actually to do with our church here right now. It's an idea of us waking up and walking into our full potential, what we have, what is available to us. Uh, the second is a return of the lost. This is something that we've 
um, all felt is on our hearts, something that was highlighted at Leaders Weekend and Clear Sound as well. It's the idea of calling back those people who are once among, uh, once among us. And the third is an idea of harvest. It's the last phase, and it's this idea of bringing everyone, everyone in, taking out that net, and all the people who are surrounding us in the projects and various things like that, them all coming in to be with us as a church. Um, so just to give a clarification, it's not a formula. It's not like a three-point plan to get a bigger church. Um, but it's where our focus in prayer should be, and it's what God is pointing us towards, I believe, for this um, broad place season. Um, so it's particularly based around this idea of harvest. The really exciting thing about these three phases is that there is evidence that all three of these are happening right now. So it's not like a sequential one happens, then the next. It's actually they're all happening at the same time, and that's just the way God works. It's all it kind of is outside of t- human time, human understanding of time. It kind of happens at the same time, and we can't really get our heads around it. But the awesome thing is it's happening. There's evidence for it. The awakening, um, some, you know, what Gordon Brewer shared at the um, Clear Sound, that is a perfect example of awakening, the idea of literally waking up, feeling like you've been asleep, and then looking up and seeing Jesus. And it's just an incredible experience. Myself as well, I shared um, a few weeks ago of my experience of awakening, it's, it's a life-changing experience. It's something that happens. And there are many, many more. Um, this idea of harvest, people coming in. Um, I think of people like Viva um, just coming into us completely randomly through stuff the 16 Plus were doing. Um, people like Dorothy through Crossroads. It's happening. There is, there is stuff happening. The amount of baptisms that we saw recently, it's just a testament to what God is doing among us. So it's a promise, but it's also happening. And that's the most exciting thing when we see what God is promising us and what he's doing for us right now, that's awesome. Um, so I want to focus a bit on that first point of awakening, um, particularly for me. So a while ago, about three months ago, three months, three weeks ago, maybe four weeks, I shared my testimony uh, about what God uh, did for me, what he did in me at uh, the Leaders Weekend. Um, just to give a brief overview, some of you might remember, it was basically I was in this place of believing lies from the enemy um, being trapped in this way of thinking that I, um, I wasn't part of the church, I wasn't part of the people here, I didn't belong, I wasn't loved by God. And it was not the truth. And what God did is he showed me the truth. He showed me his love, and I was set free by that. I just fixed my eyes on Jesus, and it was this incredible revelation in it. Um, it was largely based around just my realization of his love for me, and it was absolutely amazing. Um, but I want to share something that's been happening in the last two weeks, in the last week even. It's a very recent thing. And even after that testimony, that happened around January this year. So that was, you know, it's been some time. And I've, there's just been a kind of, it felt like a bit of a settling in me, kind of a leveling off. This thing happened for me in January, but I've kind of gone into this place of malaise, really, um, just kind of settling. And there was this stirring in, in me, that kind of deep, it was a dissatisfaction with the way I was. I realized that there were elements of my character that I was accommodating, things that I was looking at and saying, well, that's just the way I am. That's just who I am. There, I, to name a few, just a lack of boldness, not really stepping out, um, just a complacency. There wasn't, I noticed there wasn't an ability in me to give everything to God. I wasn't completely abandoned. And I felt convicted about this. And I felt that there was a clear... Um, battle between me. It felt like a spirit between, um, a battle between my flesh that was saying, stay where you are, slow down, you know, don't give everything. And then there was my spirit, the Holy Spirit in me saying, actually, you've got to give everything to Jesus. And, you know, Paul talks a lot about that battle between the flesh and the spirit. And that was something that I really was feeling at the time. So this kind of came to a point um, about two weeks ago, actually. Um, and it was a Sunday morning. And I felt moved to pray a particular prayer. And it was quite a dangerous prayer. <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll say what it was. It was, Father, I want to see people through your eyes. I want to have your heart. I want to have the heart of heaven. And that was my heart's desire. I realized I'd come to a point where what my desire was, I didn't want anything other than what God wanted. He brought me to this place of abandon. But there was an element in declaring that prayer which 
It's kind of like my body caught up with my spirit. So my spirit was over here. I was resisting, and just by praying that prayer, I stepped into it. I actually wrote it down on a piece of paper and stuck it on my wall because I felt that was a prophetic act of commitment. Um, it says in Habakkuk, you need to write it down, um, make it plain. And I felt that that was something that God was asking me to do. So by that afternoon, I didn't have to wait long. Um, God essentially gave me a glimpse into his heart. <laughs> and it was, you know, I, it was one of the most painful things um, to experience, to be honest. It, it's, you know, I broke down. It's not something that we can handle um, as humans. You know, it's not something that our flesh can handle. But God gave me the right amount. He knows exactly what I can handle. And... I just felt my entire spirit aligning with him. I felt my, my heart aligning with him, my eyes aligning with him. And for the first time, I can truly say that I was really connecting with God. It was my heart connecting with my father. My desires were his desires. And that was just a nanosecond of what he was feeling. It was, it was scary. It was painful. But it was wonderful because I was with my father. I was with Jesus. He was with me. And it was... Incredible. It was one of the most, I felt electricity through my entire body. It was one of the most tangible experiences of God I've ever felt. The difference that, that that's made now is, you know, the fears are still there. There's still those character traits in me. There's still a hesitance in um, being bold, in, um, in, in loving. But the fact is that love that God put in my heart, the love that he put in my heart is stronger than that. It's almost like he's put this fire in me. And it shares itself. When I see people, I'm, I don't want to talk to them. I'm not moved to talk to them. But the love in me is stronger than that. And the fact is, it's not me doing it. Like, talk, you know, I found myself talking to people on the street. That's not me. <laughs> That's just not me. Anyone can testify that. That's just not what I do. That's what Jesus does. Um, so I wanted to share my testimony. Because... I think it's important to do that. I think it's a prophetic act. It's, um, it releases the faith for more. Um, but it's particularly focused on that first point that I mentioned of awakening. So in myself, I sensed an awakening. There was this waking up of me, um, and I felt Jesus' light shining on me, and it was incredible. Um, so following this, I was kind of considering... Um, still considering this word, these three points, this idea of awakening. And I felt that God reminded me of uh, the sower and the soil, the parable of the sower and the soil. Um, just a brief overview, it's the idea of a guy scattering these seeds. Some of it falls onto a rocky ground and is picked off by a bird. Some falls um, in amongst the rocks on the soil and it doesn't grow up to reach its full potential. Um, some of it's scorched by the sun um, but then there's a seed that's planted deep in a rich and good and prepared soil. And that seed grows roots and grows to be its full potential. It grows to be a, um, I think it's wheat in the actual um, parable. But it could be anything. For me, it was this picture of a tree, this oak of righteousness, like in Isaiah, growing up. And I felt God say to me, we are the soil. As a church, as people, we are the soil. And it is our... Um, responsibility to be that soil so that when seeds are planted in us this idea of the seeds being the people the result of our harvest when they're planted in amongst us we're there to nurture them and we're there to protect them when the seeds are planted deep they're not able to be taken away by birds they're not able to be affected by the sun because they're so deep they're so um, set into the soil and secure that there's nothing that can shake them and I felt that this is a promise for us as a church that we can be that soil, we are that well, um, good and um, that good soil, nurtured soil um, that can um, support those seeds. Um, but there is a need to be prepared and good. I then had a picture of um, a patch of soil, and it was a dry soil. It had a layer of um, a crusted soil. It wasn't loose like the one in the parable. Um, and it had been scorched by years of the sun. It had just been out. There was a lack of nourishment, a lack of water. And uh, in, my, in, the, in the picture, um, a rake was passed over the soil. And it was just a single passing over. And as it passed over, all the hard soil on the top, that thick layer that stopped the seeds able to get in, um, 
prevented the seeds from getting inside the soil was churned over and it was turned up and it was moved and it was, um, you know, turned over so that underneath you saw this rich, this wet, this wonderful, nourishing soil and it was loose and it was movable and it was adaptable and as you put the seeds in, it moved and accommodated the seeds and it protected them. I felt that's a promise for us. Um, before with the sun, um, the dry soil, that was us during the narrow place. That was during the place where, um, that we were in. But as we're stepping into this broad place, as John's been saying, as we're stepping into this land, the promise is that we are going to be this good and nurtured soil. We are going to be a soil that can house these seeds and bring nourishment so that they can grow roots and will become these oaks of righteousness. I just had this picture of this mighty tree that is unshakable through any wind, through any weather. That's a promise, but it's also happening. And that's a really exciting thing. That's the thing that got me excited because this is a promise. It's saying it's going to happen, but we're seeing an evidence of this awakening. We're seeing an evidence of this rake being passed over. And that's amazing. When we see God doing what he's saying he's going to do, there's nothing better than that. Um, it's, It's just awesome. So a few points about practicalities. So I'm saying that we've got this rake, we're going to be a good soil. Practically, what does good soil look like? Um, I believe there's an element of abandonment, surrender, a giving up of our plans to accommodate God's plans. Um, For me, that was a big element of it. I realized um, before I had that encounter with God that there were things I was holding on to. There were these things, Daniel mentioned this idea of the black tulips. There were things like that in my life that I wasn't really giving to God. But there is an abandonment that God's going to cause us to step into, which is going to bring about this good soil. Practically speaking, an example could be the idea of this turnaround of the meetings. Perhaps us being willing to do that, to follow the nudge of God and go with that and see what he's telling us to do is us being willing to adapt and be movable to what the Holy Spirit's saying. Um, that's great because we're doing that. You know, that's, that's happening right now. So there is this abandonment, this surrender. There's also an activation, an awakeness, an alertness, a readiness, um, just on our feet, on the balls of our feet, ready to move. Um, this, again, is something that I feel is happening. People are being woken up to this place, this eagerness, looking around, being proactive. It's not a place of waiting for um, God to instruct us on what to do. It's actually a place of us running and moving and kind of being steering a moving ship. We're actually in a position to, to start going. And as we move, God will show us where to go. Um, it's a place of being intimate with the Holy Spirit, knowing what the Holy Spirit's saying so that we can move, um, kind of preempt what he wants to say, basically. It's a very active thing. And there's also another um, characteristic of this soil, and that's love. For me, a big part of what was my revelation and what I felt in that awakening was God setting his heart in my heart, God's love being put down into my heart. And I almost thought of love as the fuel of evangelism and outreach. Um, Trying to outreach to people without the love of God, without a revelation of the love of God is very hard. (laughs) It's like trying to, you know, trying to run a car without petrol or any of these things. It is the fuel of our outreach. But there's an interesting thing that as we step out and start to um, walk out in faith in those things, God actually fills us up. Um, Jeremy was saying as he started doing these things, God almost said, oh, right, he's doing this. He's going to need a greater revelation of my love. Here you go. You know, (laughs) and from there is an overflow. Like I said, as God set that love in my heart, I can't contain it. Who am I to contain that revelation? You know, when I'm completely surrendered to God, that's, that's just something that it speaks itself. You know, it just bubbles up and seeps out. That's something from the source that we're declaring over our church. You know, it's something that will happen. So those are the th- just a few, the idea of abandonment, surrender, activation, alertness, proactiveness, and love. And, you know, I think particularly in the area of harvest and outreach, love is very, very key. Um, so in bringing this about, you know, it's not something that we have to strive for and have to do ourselves. We don't have to pull the rake across and do this awakening. It's happening, but we have to make sure that we're ready to catch the wave. We have to make sure that we're help, you know, we're aiding God. We're in the way. We're mo- pointing in the right direction. And I believe that two of the key tools we're given in ensuring this are intercession, prayer, 
and testimony, thanksgiving. Um, I read a Philippians this morning, and um, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 is talking about as we pray, we give thanks. Those two things are very, very key. As we petition God, as we talk to God and bring things to him, we give thanks for what he's doing. That, is, that, that brings faith, and that is a very, very powerful thing. And I think that's something that we're going to step into. Um, this idea of intercession, this idea of calling people out, this idea of um, asking God for this harvest, you know, just joining with his heart like I did. The idea of our heart joining with his heart is going to be key. And I think... Um, I feel in this new season there will be a new level of intercession. Um, and with that comes sacrifice, um, particularly of time and of our energy. Um, I remember at Clear Sound, Phil Paisley shared something, and it was about time in our weeks, um, thinking about, it was thinking about um, our time differently as what we're giving to God. And I think that's key for intercession um, as we really seek into this. And testimony is something that, um, we've been seeing a lot of lately. Again, it's happening. You know, it, like I'm saying, it's not something we have to drum up and cause, but we just need to make sure that we're riding the wave. And this idea of testimony is happening. We're seeing more testimony than I think I've ever seen in the church before. You know, it's awesome. Um, and that's why I shared my testimony as well, because I want to release that faith. I want, <laughs> I want you to see what's happened in me. The fact that I'm up here talking, I never would have done that in a million years. <laughs> and I want, I want people to catch that. You know, it's exciting. It, <laughs> I don't know. It's just what God's doing. And I, I, that, that's an awesome thing. And I think as we share that, we are releasing that faith for people to catch that and say, I want that as well. As Gordon shared, people catching that say, I want a bit of that. Um, you know, that's awesome. So I really feel like, for me, there was that voice inside of me saying, there is more. There is a higher call in Jesus. Um, there was a voice in me saying, actually, a lot of these things aren't your calling. You know? That, that you're not really an evangelist, you're not, uh, you're not going to pray for healing, this isn't you, you can just stick to what you do. Um, I know that wasn't God, because as Christians, when we're born into Jesus, our calling is Jesus. <laughs> That's it, it's nothing more, nothing less. That's what we're called to be. Um, and, you know, we're never there. You know, we're, all, we're constantly adapting and changing, but that is what we can expect. We can expect to see ourselves change, and as we abandon ourselves, abandon what we think we are, and align ourselves with what God thinks we are, what God says we are, then we really do see a release. It's about listening to that voice inside us that's saying, I want more of God, because in all of us, that voice is there. It's, you know, it's that spirit man inside of us crying out for more. Um, Again, in Philippians, it says, God works in you um, to will and put to action his pleasure. I paraphrase, but that's the, it's about God putting his desire in you um, so that we can, enjoy working his doing his work so it's our best pleasure to do his works um last sunday um john mentioned something about asking for the desire for the desire for more and i think that's actually a really really powerful thing um if i didn't i didn't really notice in myself you know the desire desperately eagering more and if you don't notice that in yourself ask god for it he can give you the desire for more he can give you the desire for the desire for more you know he he can do that, and it's awesome. Um, another key thing is that it, we're, we're moving into this land together. Um, this isn't something for a few of us to do. It's as the Israelites went into the promised land, they went completely. There was no compromise. Everyone went. Not a single person was left behind. This is something that we're moving in together, and it's God's heart to see absolutely everyone step into it. Um, it's about asking and calling for God and asking for that desire. Um, and I think that thing in Philippians, that working in you, the good pleasure, I really feel that we can make that our prayer, saying, God, make my desire your desire, make my will your will, give, give me your heart like I prayed. It's a very, very powerful thing to ask God to do that, because as I discovered that afternoon, he did it. <laughs> and it is a constant thing, you know, it's still a prayer I'm praying, and I know I'm not there yet, I know there's a lot more that God has for me, but that's the exciting thing, you know. It's an exciting thing that God has a lot more planned. Um, but yeah, it's just that idea of awakening I wanted, I wanted to highlight, the idea of that first point. And as we awaken, as our soil gets churned up, as we are ready, prepared for these seeds, um, 
I believe that the floodgates will be open for harvest, and I believe that's something that we can really step into. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Peter. Was that good or was it good? Yeah. Wow. We have uh, we've perfected to an art form the ability to hear good things without responding, haven't we? <laughs> you know, can we just have a little response? This sense of God at work in us, uh, the promise of what He's got for us. Yeah. Let's just lift our hands to Him for a moment. Lord, we just delight in You. Lord, we just say thank you. Thank you, Lord, because that which you have said you're already bringing to pass. We see the very evidence of it. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done in Peter. And, Lord, for the testimony that he shares. And we, we say, as a, as a company of people, uh, do it again, Lord. Uh, me too, Lord. You know, Lord, that, that's the purpose of the, of the prophetic declaration of your, uh, of your goodness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the reality that we're not just waiting for some rapture, but we're uh, anointed by you to become more and more like you and to show what you're like in this world. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Amen. I don't know if you, Peter, if you intended this, but it's funny as you went through, it was just standing out to me. Active, already happening, awakening, did you, did you have a series of A's? <laughs> uh, abandonment. I mean, very, very key things. Uh, excellent. Well, Peter, don't care about the rest of them. I enjoyed it, mate. <laughs> right. Jane, you're going to come share that uh, picture with us? Um, okay, this, this started probably... A couple of weeks ago, um, during worship, I could sense that from the front of the room, I could see that there was not, not a wave, but just water bobbing, just starting really gently, and it would make its way gradually to the back of the room. And then the next week, it was the same again. This, this was last week. But I felt that it was linked. The, the two things that couldn't be separated were um, surrender and release or freedom from that. Um, but you couldn't have one without the other. They, they were coupled together. They, they just couldn't be separated. Um, so again, it started from the front, and it was really gently just bobbing water. Um, nothing really very powerful, and it was smooth, and it was calm, and it was gentle. Um, and then it changed. It turned into a, a, bit, a coastline scene when... Um, who was it? it was Phil talking about a coastline, but instead I could see the water and I could see people in the water. And they were just near the shore, so the water wasn't very deep. And again, the water was just bobbing and they were going with the water and they had their feet off the floor. And this water was God's, God's spirit was coming and it was, again, it was very gentle and it was nothing to fear. I think that's the point that God wanted to make. Don't be scared to surrender. You're worried about what that might look like, what might happen when you do. He's saying, but trust him. Don't, don't even think about that. Don't let that hold you back. Just do it. Trust him. Because I, I also felt like the, the water would come and it would be gentle and you wouldn't even really notice it until gradually it was over your head and you, you just felt so comfortable there. Um, but the, again, the, the, another point was that um, I felt a sense, I could feel just a tiny part of what God was feeling and it was really, I didn't know quite what to do with it and I felt God was really anxious for us all. He's saying, please, please don't, don't miss out on this. He's saying that I, I felt almost like when we're, we're, we're anxious for our children sometimes, when we're hoping that they'll do the right thing, you can see that they've got two choices, but you need to let them make their own decision. And you know that if it goes wrong, you'll pick them up afterwards and you'll deal with it, but you really do want them to make the right choice. So you can equip them, you can give them the information, but then it's up to them what they do with it. 
And I can just feel that God's like, oh, please, 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 please do the right thing. Don't step away. Please, please step into this. Um, Because he really wants everybody to benefit from this. And even if you're feeling um, like... He's saying, I already know anyway. You know that I already know what that thing is that you need to surrender. And so please just don't be like this with it because you can't hide it. I can see it. Um, And you might be feeling this way and like you can't really tell because it will involve maybe telling someone. And I really felt like God was saying, well, you don't need to. You just need to go, what she said, that thing, can you just please pray for me because I want release and there is something that I just want to surrender to God. And, and so he just wants you to go like this. He wants your arms as wide as you can possibly get them and just say, well, God, come and just come and get me. Find me where I am because I'm already waiting for you. That's it. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jane. When I spoke to you last week about having this sense of God saying something I'd already made a note and I was amazed when Jane shared that and I thought hmm I think God is God is speaking we turn to uh, Ezekiel 47 this is uh, the prophet uh, recounting like a uh, a very real um, experience that he had uh, prophetic experience and uh, the man this is verse 1 the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple now obviously there, were, there was a, a dialogue before this but we this is the part I want us to particularly look at it was, it's part of an ongoing thing and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east for the temple faced east The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was flowing from the south side. Now, that gets a little bit complicated. It'd be a lot easier to see it on a picture. And I don't really want to get into that, but let me just say, uh, in that detail, there there is significance. I'm going to pull out one particular thing, but there's... A significance in that. It's not just sort of a rambling story. And we'll, I'll just come back on that in a minute. As a man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, and he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through the water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand but now it was a river that I couldn't cross because the water had risen was deep enough to swim in. A river that no one could cross. And it goes on to, to uh, detail some of the outcome of this river, uh, how uh, it emptied into the sea and then the water there uh, became fresh and uh, living creatures were able to surviving it and uh, about the richness of the um, trees around about and so on and so forth. So this was the thing that I had in mind when we spoke last week and that was uh, this, this particular story. Always works good for me uh, because uh, I, didn't, I learned to swim when I was in my mid-30s and prior to that I'd had various experiences of of paddling, wading, and probably going waist deep. Um, as I was explaining to one of my grandchildren the other day who made a declaration, you're old. Well, that needed defending. Uh, and I explained to them how they were getting older, uh, and they're still working on that. But I also explained that actually uh, I'm a late developer, uh, that's all it is. So um, I'm probably really now at that stage of about 40, put sort of Daniel and Hans and people like that older than me, really. You know, they're, they're pushing on a bit. You know. Yeah. 
I did get questioned, by the way. One of my grandchildren said, wait a minute, you haven't got any hair. I said, well, that's just my point. Babies don't have hair. It's just that part is taking a little longer to develop. Just like you, they don't know when to believe me and when not, you know. Um, many people feel that, and I think this is right, and the commentators seem to agree with this, that uh, this picture uh, of the waters talks about the gospel, the good news, the, the life in the Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit, the kind of thing that, that Peter was just talking about and Jane was describing. Interestingly, uh, in spite of the detail of this, uh, it was never given to the prophet to trace the source of this. Uh, there was no point in that because the source of it was, of course, supernatural. And the source of the life of God is supernatural. You, you can't get a formula. There are not, if you do these number of things, there is that which we are given to do, which Jane was just talking to us about, and that whole, whole point of surrender. And the, the, the rest is what God does. And it's like, you know, when I, when I think of it, that wonderful point when, you, uh, when you're, you're learning to swim and you can know all the things to do and there's a point where you have to commit yourself to the element which is water uh, and you take your foot off the bottom or you let go of whatever you're holding on to and uh, experience something that doesn't seem, uh, you know, walking you can understand and wading you can understand because you're using using some energy and uh, but the idea of being supported by, by something else. Now, the connection there, and I want us to just look at this so we can refer to it. When it talks about um, the water from the east side, from, basically from Zion, it connects into Isaiah um, uh, chapter 43. And I want us to just uh, look at that. Um, well, let me just look at Isaiah 2, first of all. Because the, the connection that I want to make here uh, from the scripture is important. Um, the connecting point in this, and I, I don't really want to take the time to build all the connection, but uh, I'm assuming you, you'll uh, agree with me. Um, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established, uh, and uh, as chief among the mountains, it will be raised above the hills. All nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. Now, the very thought of streaming to it, you then have to turn to chapter 43 uh, in Isaiah. And I'm just jumping in on, again, a particular part just for the sake of not dwelling in all the connecting points. This is verse 18. Forget the former things. Forget the former things. Again, I'm reading that. And I'm saying, these things, remember we have established that as we look at things, the Holy Spirit works amongst us and having his way. And so we declare that it is possible because there is an instruction to forget the former things. Everything that is instructed by God, he empowers us to be able to live in. He never has yet given an instruction without empowering us to be able to do that. So forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Streams of water. Now, of course, Jesus refers to this uh, and uses this picture a number of times. In John chapter 4, talks about uh, experiencing um, water of life springing up. Something that, that, that kind of bubbles up from our innermost being. You can't explain it. Uh, 
Peter was seeking to explain something of an encounter with God, uh, but you run out of words. It's something that has to be experienced rather than described. But Jesus tried to help us with this concept of like a, like a spring of water, something that, that flows up. When we enter into that place of the presence of God, that place of refreshing, and uh, you just, I don't know how, you, you have to experience it. That sense of just the love of God and the life of God uh, enveloping us and, and lifting us into a place which is no longer determined by our circumstances, by our background, by experience, or by the things that we face. John chapter 7 he talks of streams of living water flowing from he who believes. Now, of course, whenever we come in the scripture to the essence of the altar, the sacrifice, then we come right back to Jesus who made the great sacrifice. So we're talking about accessing something that comes from him, which almost looks as though it can be done or is done uh, sort of step by step, that there's, a, there's like a journey, there's like an increase, there's something which can go from one degree to another, or to use the Bible word, to go from one degree of glory to another. So we never have to reach the point saying, yeah, well, I know everything I need to know about God. I've experienced everything I, I'm ever going to experience. There's always something further for us to go in and dwell in and enjoy. And if you think now, set that in the context of us as a, a company of people at this time, what God is setting before us is whatever you know, whatever you've experienced, whatever you've passed, I have a desire to take you on in. And if we pick up what Peter said this morning, it's very clear because he said this and underlined it, this is not for anybody to be left behind. This is a, a corporate entry into the purpose of God. And so he's saying to us at this time in this broad place, there is something more. You might have experienced waters that were ankle deep, waters in, uh, that were up to your knee, up to your waist, but I want you now to come into a different place which could be described as waters in which you must swim. The only way uh, to continue to move forward. Now, of course, the big difference, as I already described, is uh, I can choose to walk, uh, I can choose to wade, but when I come to the swimming part, I have to commit myself, not to my own energy or my own efforts, I have to commit myself uh, that the, the water will actually be buoyant, will, will buoy me up. It's a totally different type of moving forward, something that God uh, brings us into. And the sense that we have at this time into going into this broad place is that there is... A, there's a lot of it, you know, you can't, you can't swim in a teacup. You know. <laughs> if you're going to swim, there's going to be a load of water, you know. And I believe God is saying, I'm not giving you small measure. Uh, there is going to be the ability, I'm providing enough of the life, of the, of the support, uh, of the sucker, for you to be able to, to swim in this. And of course, as we said, it does mean a different form of movement. Increase development. Now, the nature of this river, interestingly, is it's a river. It's not stagnant, it's moving. And I think this whole concept of moving forward is very key. Um, and I, I want us to just set this in things that we can um, access. Do you realise that the gifts of the Spirit are increased as we exercise them? Do you realise that? I, if you look at um, 
Philemon, I think it's verse about six or eight. It actually, the very thing that Peter was saying this morning, there's actually a scripture there that, that says the more we share our faith, the greater our revelation. It's actually there in the word of God. See, that as we exercise something, we increase in it. Uh, if we exercise um, prophetic gift, we increase in it. We exercise reaching out with acts of kindness, we increase in it. If we exercise um, prayer, we increase in it. Uh, and uh, this is not a self-help program. This is a description of what happens as we're obedient to God. As we say, I want to, uh, to pick up the, the aspect that James said, I, w- I want to surrender to this element. There's a measure in which, while I'm still just up to waist deep, I can control it. But there's, there's a new level of giving of myself. If we think about the water as uh, an expression of the life of God, there, there's, there's a surrendering to that. There's a, if you like, a ceasing to hold control. I can control because I can decide to walk out. I can control because it's still me deciding. But when I, when I commit myself to the water, that's a new place of surrender, a new place of giving up control, a new place of saying, I choose to go into the fullness, into the next stage of what God's got for us. Of course, um, before we can ever think about affecting change in others, we have to change ourselves. But let's think about this stream of God. Let's think about this, um, this life of God, this, this abundance which is setting before us. What is the effect? What is the effect of the good news, the power of God, the life of God? What is the effect of that? Well, clearly, uh, a fruitfulness, bringing life into situations bringing salvation, bringing sustenance, bringing change. Actually, uh, because of what God has, uh, has set before us, we also express that not into simply the lives of individuals, but uh, to actually demonstrate in society, to be light in the darkness uh, and salt in the earth. So to actually bring that change of the environment, and community and society... It's all part the effect of being in the, in the water, in the stream, in the flow of God's purpose. So the process, well, we say swimming, different method of movement, different environment, different dependency. But isn't it interesting, and we've already heard this this morning, that Bible says... He that is found faithful in the little things will also be found faithful in the bigger things. There's an incremental, there's a development, and sometimes it may seem a small thing, a limited thing, and as we're faithful in that, you know, uh, on the day God says, um, I don't know, give somebody a pound, that may be a step towards releasing huge amounts in the future. But it has to start where we are. It starts from that particular place. Very, very important. Being filled. Going deeper. How do you do that? I think, uh, Daniel, are we doing huddles in a minute? All right, we, we can have a opportunity to that. I'm going to stop in just a, a couple of minutes so that we allow time for that um, as the children come in. Um, anybody swim like this? Not for long, no. <laughs> yeah, there really has to be some, some sort of commitment to movement, doesn't there? Um, I think it... <laughs> You, we, we can't be in a stationary position. I think as, as, well, here I am, and I'm resting here. Uh, it, it doesn't work 
for going on. And uh, the requirement that we've just uh, looked at is in, in that Isaiah 15 is not to rest at this point. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. Remember not. Now, just a matter of interest there, so we understand what that means. Um, the Hebrew word there um, is zahar. Uh, and what it actually means when it says uh, remember not, it says don't make a kind of memorial in the mind. Don't set up a, a pillar of, of remembrance. Um, it means that it's in the purpose of God to break those, those kind of uh, paradigms, those things which have, have kind of trapped us into a particular thing. And if we find each time we seek to move forward, there is something which is coming to remembrance. And then we hear that God says, remember not the former things. Then we know that God has spoken and spoken that nothing should be like a held as a, a barrier. That each time I go to move forward, there's this thing in front of me. And that's what God's been saying in these days about uh, releasing from chains and not engaging in any treaties uh, with the enemy, uh, not allowing those things to come forward. Let's not make uh, a memorial in the mind. It's, it probably, uh, I find it easier sometimes to think of it like this. Uh, I know we've moved on from videos, but we still have them on the television. But you know sometimes if you're watching the football, you get a video replay of some particular goal or, or foul or something like that. And you can have um, video replays in the mind. And it's in the purpose of God so that we move on that those are not there. No video replays. Let's not consider the things of old. Dwell on them. The Hebrew word there is bin, B-I-Y-N. And it, it actually speaks about um, perceptions. Um, it, it's, it's really, when we talked about rolling away the reproof of Egypt, it's things that can be carried over. Um, so God gives us new systems of discernment. Um, which means, like we started off with the song, we can't really be um, tuned into God and his purpose and be looking uh, to streets of gold, you know, walking on streets of gold or any of that nonsense. Um, we, we, can't, we can't be caught up with the sweet by and by uh, we, we're going to have to be focused on the reality of who God is and what he's doing now. Um, and that may open the way increasingly for new thinking and, and uh, uh, new direction, new interaction. We're talking about being filled with the Spirit, not just some Christian character. Remember, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, not a set of beliefs, not things that we kind of learn or embrace. So... We're going in deeper. We're going to explore that in coming days. Not only we're we going in deeper, but we're going into where there's a, a new dependency upon the environment, upon the environment of the power of God and the Spirit of God to take us uh, where He wants us to go. And of course, if you're swimming in a place where there's either a flow of river or um, riptide, uh, you know that it's very difficult to, to swim against the current. And it's in the purpose of God that we flow as he is taking us and leading us.